TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And I am George. <laughs> I thought I'd lost you for a sec there, George. I wasn't sure if you were coming in. Welcome, George. I pa- I I paused for dramatic effect, so everybody <laughs> knows I'm still here. Oh, and George, you're in sunny California today, and uh, and I'm in freezing Adelaide. It's not quite freezing, but it's freezing for Adelaide. It's been really cold I, here at the I moment. I would love for it. I would love for it to be cold. It is like we had to drive because I live in Southern California, like just north of San Diego, but we had to drive. Um, like five hours today so we can come you know i told you earlier we're we're going to speak to prisoners tomorrow about being better set up as entrepreneurs and people and uh, all about resiliency and like forgiveness and all these things tomorrow but we had to basically like drive through the desert for like five hours so it was like 94 degrees i think on average fahrenheit and that's just really hot to be sitting in a car for that long <laughs> i'm gonna have to do my conversions here because so i'm like 94 oh, f forgot. in c right? i'm like all right so 34 in, okay in yeah that's c, yeah that's all right the 34 degrees 34. celsius that's not that's just like a nice day in adelaide mate like we, when it's hot here it's like 44 <laughs> Which is, oh, hold on, now I have to yeah, yeah, that they'll, back. They'll hold do. on, 44, All right, 44 C. QF. <laughs> there you go. There's 111. Oh. That's a hot day in Adelaide. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, what's, what's, what's cold right now? Well, see, cold right now for us is like overnight gets down to like maybe zero. You know, like like the other night, the other morning okay. I got up and the, and the, the, like, the grass like- was frozen. Like it was, you know, it was all white. That's That's as cold as it gets here. Okay, got it. Yeah, but I see, like, I love that, though, because, like, I keep my ice bath at one Celsius. Oh, yeah, you'd be set. I've, I've got a bath yeah, outside no, in my what... shed. You could just go out there and be, and be fine. Well, I live in California, so I freezer into an ice bath, and it runs on a timer one hour a day, and it keeps it at one degree Celsius. There you go. There you go. All right, that sounds awesome. That that just sounds terrible to me right now because I've been so cold the last couple of weeks. The idea of doing an ice bath because I'm not doing my cold showers anymore. I'm having a little break over winter. I figure I'm getting cold enough just during the day. Break. No, the win- the winter is the best time to do it because the water's actually cold. <laughs> nah. You can't you can't justify doing it when it's 44 degrees Celsius outside and your water is like 33 degrees Celsius. <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my idea of perfect. That's great. Like, that's oh, my my, <laughs> co- my my cold shower is like a warm bath. <laughs> All right, so uh, hey, maybe we should maybe we shouldn't talk about the cold. We should probably talk about something that's going to help people. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I I want to talk to you actually just on that next episode. I'm going to talk to you about some of this stuff you're doing in the prison because that sounds really cool. So we're going to come back to that for our next episode. But today what we're going to talk about Perfect. is something uh, something that is interesting and, and I'm going to kind of segue in this because um, you know, the, the seasons are a really uh, important part of this to me. I, I was listening to a talk by one of my favorite nutritionists, uh, Cindy O'Meara, who's an Australian, um, and she's awesome if you haven't seen her, George. She's done an amazing documentary called What's With Wheat that I reckon you'd really love. And I think it is available on Netflix What's in the States. Wheat? What's with wheat? What's with wheat? Okay. Yeah, what they've done to right wheat now. and how yeah, it's changed, and it's really cool. Anyway, one of the things that she spoke about last time I heard her talk was that maybe this whole idea of um, 
what we eat uh, can be more seasonal. And she was talking about it from the perspective of... Um, of being a little bit keto and maybe even doing a little bit of fasting and that maybe that is a really natural thing for us to do in winter when it's cold. Um, that, you know, in summer maybe there's more abundance of fruit and maybe that's when we have a little bit more carbs in our lifestyle and maybe that's when we have a bit more abundance in terms of our food and maybe in winter it's quite natural for us to go a little bit more into the sort of higher fat diet and maybe even a little bit more into fasting. So I thought that was kind of an interesting take on that topic and I thought it was a nice segue into our little chat today because... We are going to chat all about fasting today, George, and I know this is a favorite of yours. Yeah, you you broke up for a second. Can you repeat that again? Oh, I know. When did I break up? <laughs> Which bit did I, I went for a while. Um, I heard, well, I, I don't know. This is perfect. I, this is perfect. I heard fasting in the winter, being natural, doing everything, and then uh, I caught which is a favorite of yours. Oh, that was that was it. That was all. I, I think that was where I stopped. It's just that I know that you like to talk about fasting, so I was just kind of throwing across to you oh. so you can tell us why you love fasting. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, um, I guess I shouldn't say to be honest. I'm always honest. But <laughs> I love fasting mainly very strictly right now out of convenience. I travel all the time, mm. and when I am home, I personally don't love like you know, prepping food or doing all those things. And what fasting gives me the ability to do is like when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, what do I feel like today? Let me go, you know, say good morning to my son and kiss my wife and, you know, do some things. And, and I've actually got to the point where I'm very acclimated to where like, I don't typically get hungry until seven, eight, nine hours after I wake up. And that's a very amazing thing because I still have high amounts of energy. I don't do caffeine anymore. It's been six months without caffeine. And my body seems to be thriving off of it. I have no energy crash and I have nothing, but it seems to be a lot more natural to me. Like it seems that I can go through my day and then when I get hungry, I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat this meal. And then I go through my day another five, six hours eat again. And then I'm not hungry again. So when I'm in airports and flying in the air and in hotels and on the road, it's actually very, very convenient. But honestly, the results on the backside have been absolutely phenomenal for me. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I've gone through a process of, of a little bit of change over the last year or so because um, because my fiance Steph, is a bit of a grazer. And so she likes to eat regularly and doesn't tend to do as well of sort of skipping a meal. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, I was very much in that, but very much the same as you. I would rarely eat breakfast. You know, I'd typically go to lunch, sometimes go to dinner and just not have had breakfast because I wasn't hungry and I wasn't doing it. But um, what I've noticed uh, now living with Stephanie is is that I'm not good at making food or having food made in front of me and not eating it. <laughs> and so when, when there's, you know, when I oh, get no. up in the morning... It's, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. So I get up in the morning and if I'm making breakfast for the kids and making breakfast for Steffi uh, or she's making breakfast, you know, for herself, I'm like, okay, now I'm hungry. I want some, you know. And so I've been doing it less over the last little bit, which has led me to sort of want to try and play around with, uh, you know, doing it maybe in a few little different ways. So I actually did do uh, just a couple of weeks ago a three-day fast and I wrote a blog about this on my uh, on my website talking all about my experience of doing the three-day fast. But, you know, it was such a fascinating experience because I'd done, we'd done an interview on that paleo show where we spoke to Fuad Kassab from Quirky Cooking, who's a bit of a legend, and he was doing a four-day fast, which was kind of what piqued my interest. And um, and he was talking about, you know, how he found it and how uh, how he found trying to exercise on the fast. And he even suggested that he thought I'd be okay exercising on the fast. And so... I just wanted to try all these things out and see what happened. And, and it was a really a fascinating experience because the three-day fast for me 
was like totally boring. Like, as in, nothing changed. You know, I, 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 I just didn't feel any different. Like, I didn't feel hungry. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel elated. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't get this kind of euphoria that some people talk about. Um, I was able to do, I was able to do my CrossFit. Like, I was two and a half days into a three-day fast, and I did a massive CrossFit workout and felt totally fine. You know, and it was just, it was such a weird experience. You know, I said to people, the, the biggest change I noticed, and I think this is kind of touching into what you were saying, George, the biggest change I noticed was that actually I was far more productive. But my productivity, I don't think, oh, yeah. even had anything to do with my fasting either. Like, I think it was actually just the fact that I wasn't spending time cooking food, eating food, and cleaning up after cooking food um, that meant that I actually just had way more time in my day. It was, it was amazing how much extra time that seemed to create. But but even then, I don't think, aside from that, I don't even think I was more productive. It, it was a really odd experience. Yeah, you know, what's funny is I've had a couple experiences, and I've been considering doing this. I have uh, one of my friends, Katie, from Wellness Mama. She is like notorious for doing like five day water fast and like I don't know how she does it. She like homeschools and then doesn't eat for five days, but uh. that's probably why it's easy for her because she's just so distracted. <laughs> but you know, she was telling me and and she's like, you know, it the first two days sometimes it's challenging, but after a day and a half or two, most people end up in ketosis and you don't even get hungry. Like it it's one of those things that you don't realize and, and what I am intrigued by it is I feel like as a society uh, in the entire world, not just in the U.S. or Australia or anywhere, that we have been programmed and marketed to to eat more so we consume more so people make more money rather than listening to our actual bodies. And so it's kind of amazing when you can be like, I'm just not going to eat for three days and see what happens. And you're like, wow, like, am I supposed to eat three meals a day or yeah. seven meals a day? Or am I supposed to actually listen to my body, eat when I'm hungry, not eat when I'm hungry? And if I do get hungry, maybe I should drink some water and see if it's dehydration or I should reset my body and really try to get back to, I, I, I don't want to use the word paleo, but like evolutionary kind of perspective to it where our bodies and I feel, and I'm not a science guy, right? Like I just go based on how I feel, but I do better when I have longer periods in between meals. And I feel like I have more sustained energy and my body burns it better. And so I love the fact that, you know, we can just up and do it and that you've done it. And you basically didn't feel different, which is amazing in itself because you're like, wow, maybe I'm eating all these meals just as a peer pressure or I'm surrounded by it. And I don't even need to be like, my body's not telling me I need to eat it or it's not really helping me. Um, so maybe I should try something different. So I love that you had that experience. Yeah, and it's so fascinating because one of the things you notice, and like I'd done 24-hour fast before that, and I'm actually doing a 24-hour fast right now. And and one of the things I noticed, I think I do. I do is like I I do a little thing every three days. Let's yeah. be really honest with you. There you go. Oh. Every three days. And so when I was doing those fasts, you know, the one thing I would notice is that like when it got to meal time. I would think I was hungry, you know, and it was like my body just had this reaction of like, it's mealtime, I need to eat. Um, and when I would be, you know, when I would be a little bit stressed, you know, then I'd be like, oh, I'm hungry, you know, I'd start craving. You know, when I saw certain foods, I would think I was hungry. Um, but then when I didn't eat, like 20 minutes later, I'd totally forgotten about it. <laughs> I was just like getting on with my day and, and it kind of does make you stop and think like, is that actually hunger? Like, was I actually hungry or was it just habit? 
or was it just craving or was it just a like a stress response one or what was i looking for a distraction or a procrastination you know uh, it really does change the way you think about hunger which is a really kind of fascinating conversation to have with yourself as much as anything um as you go through this process of just sort of realizing that you know, we don't actually, you know, we're not going to die if we don't eat for 24 hours. You know, it's not as uh, desperate as I guess our brain sometimes makes it out to be. And, you know, I guess it's a pretty natural thing for your brain to tell you, hey, you haven't eaten for a while, maybe you should think about eating, you know, and that's certainly not a bad thing. Um, But I think, as you said, the kind of conditioning we've gotten from our society has kind of skewed our thoughts around what hunger is and what it means if our tummy grumbles a little bit or, you know, whatever. Um, And so that was a really fascinating sort of perspective I think I gained from doing some of that fasting yeah yeah for sure yeah i um i think i think you know there's a lot of benefits that people talk about in science like there's a lot of documented cognitive benefits energy benefits you know health benefits for a lot of different ailments and conditions but for me i think the biggest thing for me is that it gives me the power of choice because i'm just like you like if I'm around somebody, I'm like, I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry. And then they start eating, like, breakfast, I'm starving. And I'm like, feed me, feed me, feed me. Like, just give me food. And I'm like, and then after I eat, I'm like, God, I wasn't even hungry. And now I'm stuffed like I shouldn't have eaten. And so I I like using fasting to basically empower myself to be like, hey, uh, you probably really aren't hungry right now. Like, I know that looks good. And I know that that smells good. But you weren't hungry five minutes ago. And remember, like, yesterday you went you know, 26 hours without eating and you were completely fine. So like, maybe you should ask yourself if you're really hungry before you eat an entire meal and then feel like crap when you're done. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it is amazing, like how good or or like just fine you feel not eating. Like like people think you're going to be stuck. And I think this depends on where you're at on your journey as well. Like I think for people who are very much carbivores and they're used to having, um, you know, higher carb, higher sugar meals, which burn off quickly and mean that you need to eat more regularly. I think for people in that sort of uh, position, then going for longer without food is definitely way harder. Um, whereas when you are probably like your, yourself and I who have been sort of eating this way for a little bit longer, uh, it definitely is easier to transition into it. And so, you know, for people out there thinking they are finding it hard, I guess, you know, that the point is, you know, maybe you do want to start doing a, a shorter fast. Although having said that, it's almost like the first bit is the hardest bit because like you said, once you do actually get past those, uh, you know, carb sort of spikes and crashes and get into more of a ketosis, your body starts burning that fat, then it's actually easier almost the longer you go on, which is in itself kind of a fascinating experience um, to find it easier. And, you know, the, the thing, the mistake I made, George, you mentioned being busy earlier. And the biggest mistake yep. I made was on the day three of my fast, you know, I'd, I'd planned it out, right? So, like, Friday night was going to be my day the third day of my fast and, and that's usually the day that I kind of just work from the office and, and sort of can do and work in my own time. So, I kind of thought, well, just in case I'm, uh, you know, just in case I'm not so productive or switched on, I'll do it on that day rather than the day I'm like trying to adjust patience. And so, I, I planned it all out and I planned that that night, uh, I was home alone that day. So, I was just going to go home. I had this big fat steak that I was going to cook up and it was all going to be great. And, and the challenge I had was because I hadn't 
done breakfast and because I hadn't done lunch, uh, I'd been, you know, I'd had probably an extra couple of hours of time from not having to cook, eat and uh, clean up after breakfast and lunch. I finished early. And so I was like, oh, great. I finished early. I'm just going to go home and chill out. And, and so I've gotten home. I'm like sitting there on my back lawn. It was like a sunny day. I'm playing with the dog, playing with our horse. And uh, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm starving. Because <laughs> like, all I had to do, like there was nothing else to distract me. All I could think about was this steak I was going to eat in two hours time and I'm literally salivating as I talk about it now and it was like for the first time in the whole three days I was like all I could think about was food it was so funny <laughs> yeah it's you know it's our minds are really really interesting right like I <laughs> like today on the exact opposite like we left this morning and I was like all right I gotta drive for five hours I'm just gonna have uh like 28 to 30 ounces of water I'll have a decaf coffee and then I'll just eat when we get there, right? And I was like all set on that plan. And I was like, oh, we're just going to be in the car or whatever. And then as soon as we hit the road, we stop somewhere. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. And I'm like, oh, they have food. I'm like, you know, I could eat. It's okay. And then I was like, you know what? I am going to eat just because we're here. And then I got breakfast. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right, here we go. Now we get back in the car. We drive for a couple more hours. Like, oh, right, we're going to stop again. I got another decaf coffee. I got a a decaf almond milk latte. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good, right? I'm like, I'm good. I got some podcasts tonight. I'll just wait till dinner. Then we get to town and someone's like, you know, we could just stop and get a snack. And so they got a snack. And I was like, all right, I'll eat again too. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then I take a break again. I'm like, all right, I'm working. I'm on calls. I was like, all right, I'm going to have dinner. And I was like, I'm finishing calls. I'll go to dinner. I'm like, you know, I had snacks. I'm going to eat light. But then everybody at the table was ordering like all these appetizers and I was tasting everything. <laughs> and I ended up ordering like four dishes. And like by the time I was done to come back to the hotel to record this podcast with you, I felt like an Oompa Loompa that had to be rolled down the street. And I don't really think at any point today I was actually hungry before I ate. But my mind was just like, convincing me that like oh just do it or, or like it won't matter or you, you can just totally get away with it and like now i honestly feel like a cow like i legitimately <laughs> feel like lethargic and like a cow sitting in my chair <laughs> yeah i saw you earlier you were lounging back looking pretty comfy there you look like you're settling in just uh it's because i got like two pounds of food in me that i didn't plan on having today <laughs> because my mind like plays tricks on me so let's talk a little bit about some of these benefits of fasting, George. And, and it is one of those things I think that is still, you know, I guess in terms of the research, it's a bit like the the cold showers we spoke about. You know, in terms of the research, um, you know, there's a lot of research coming out, and there's a lot of positivity around it. But but but, but you know, we probably can't conclusively say that you know definitively all these things, these benefits we're going to talk about are are you know absolutely proven in terms of the research. But certainly in terms of the the anecdotal evidence and the practitioner experience and the individual people's experience, um, there have been some really significant changes in terms of fasting that people have noticed and some real benefits. And so, you know, as we spoke about before, you know, one of the benefits of that is, um, you know, kind of changing your relationship with food uh, and just changing your mindset around food. And I think that's very valuable. Um, and I think a big part of that is not just the mental aspect of it, but I think it is the, the ketosis aspect of it where you are able to get your body into becoming a little bit more of an efficient fat burner um, and to uh, to start burning some of that fat within your body and having a more sustainable level of 
energy uh, as a result of that, and particularly energy for your brain, but also energy for your body, it, it does kind of take away that, that craving and that desperation to eat on such a regular basis when you know that uh, and you can feel that your body is being nourished and is getting what it needs. And so I, I think certainly that, that sort of ketosis aspect of it, and, and there's obviously so much talk and research being done around this ketosis topic at the moment, uh, that there's plenty of evidence there. But, but there also seems to be some really good evidence coming out around fasting and gut health uh, where you know we know that uh, some of those uh, prolific gut bacteria that can cause us problems you know do tend to be more sugar eaters you know because that is the, the nature of those sort of prolific um, those proliferating cells is that they need a lot of quick fast energy and, and so they do tend to be more sort of sugar eaters and so when you do eat a more ketotic diet or when you do do a fast it does seem that it actually helps you to rebalance your gut bacteria to a degree which is really interesting um, and it also seems to give people's gut a rest you know for people who do have um, inflammatory you know gut or inflammatory bowel disorders it, it seems that you know, just giving it a rest for a day or a couple of days um, seems to actually help give it a chance to sort of refresh and reset as well. So, um, you know, it does seem like there are a range of benefits of fasting far beyond what I think people typically think of fasting, which is that I'm going to fast to lose weight. Um, and the interesting thing for me was I don't really weigh myself, but kind of like from what I felt in terms of my body, I don't think I really lost any weight fasting for three days, which also seemed really strange to me. Um but, 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 you know, I, I, and I think that losing weight is probably the least, um, the least productive reason to want to try and do a fast. Like, like I really think that, um, you know, sometimes when people are fasting with the aim of losing weight, they can get themselves into a lot of trouble uh, and start to have a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with food and an unhealthy relationship with fasting if what they're trying to do is starve themselves so that they can lose weight. You know, I, I really think that's not the way to do it. And I think what you mentioned earlier about just listening to your body and eating when you're hungry and not eating when you're not, as opposed to, not eating, even though you're absolutely starving because you want to lose weight, and I know that's a you know a journey of yours that you might want to sort of chip in there, George, because that 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 relationship with food and that relationship with fasting, I think, is a really important one to be mindful of. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I look at you know from my side, like what the biggest benefits for me, the mental, the biggest benefits for me are like mental strength, right? Like it's always, and I say this, it's always understanding that we have the power of choice, right? I see it all too often. People, let's say they live at home, right? They're at home for six months. They're in their routine. They have everything dialed. They're strong. They're happy. They have energy. They have all their meals prepped, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, I got to go on a work trip, right? And then a day in. They're like, oh, I missed a meal. Oh, I can't prep my food. Oh, I'm at the airport. Oh, I'm going to die. Let me eat this crappy food. And then that turns into, oh, I ate the crappy food. Let me get something at the next airport or let me um, eat another meal that I normally weren't eat or let me not drink as much water. And the truth is, is that, like you have to understand that like you have to choose to be committed to your goals. And if you are in a routine and all of a sudden a wrench gets thrown in and you don't eat for 18 hours, you're not going to die. You might feel hungry, but you're going to be completely fine. Drink water, move, and get going. And so for me, that mental power is a really, really big distinction because I feel like in my life and in my challenges with bulimia and weight and all these other things that the biggest pressure that affected me was peer pressure and social pressure and also just not believing that I could choose. I would just succumb to whatever 
opportunity was in front of me because it basically very easily gave me an out and self-sabotaged. And so, you know, there is a ton of science and you're the sciencey guy. I'm the like, this feels good guy. And I'm like, it feels good to know that like I can be in a room full of a hundred people that think they're going to starve because the airplane food sucks. And I just know I don't have to eat it and I'm going to be completely fine. And I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to be proud of my choices. And then when I land and get to where I can go, I'm going to go get a healthy meal that's going to nourish my body, give me exactly what I'm looking for, and set me up to win in the long run. Yeah, and I think one of the things you said there was, you know, we just talk about hungry. And I think we've got to sort of almost reframe what hungry means. Because uh, yes. I, I, I think we just have this, like, avoidance of hungry. Like, we're, And I think we're taught it from, like, a really young age. Like, as soon as you start to feel hungry, that's bad. You need to get something, you know, and you need to eat something. So, you should never, ever feel hungry because that would be, you know. And so, it's kind of this idea that we develop that, like, hungry is like a desperation. Like, when you start to feel hungry, that's like, you better eat now. Or like you said, you, know, you better eat now or you might die, you know. And it, and it literally seems like we react in that way at times that, like, the fact that I feel hungry is like this thing. It's, it's, we're a bit the same with pain, I think. You know, it's like this thing that has to be absolutely avoided at all cost, as opposed to just being a signal from our body. You know, and so it's it what it really is is just our body saying, "Hey, you haven't eaten in a little while. You might want to start thinking about you know going out and picking something or going out and catching something." Because really, you know, you think of it from an evolutionary perspective. Um, you know, you you there was a lag time between when you went, "Hey, I'm hungry. Maybe I should eat something," and I've actually gone out and caught something in order to eat it, or gone out and fetched something in order to eat it. Whereas in our modern society, we don't have that lag time. And so we think that it's like, as soon as I feel hungry, then I need to get something now and get it right into my mouth, as opposed to I should think about starting to go hunting and, and gathering something for to eat at some stage in the future, which is, I think, really what the hungry signal really means. Yeah, that's a very, very valid point. You know, I used this as an example the other day, too. It's like when somebody goes to an amusement park and they get on a roller coaster and they get that adrenaline rush and that feeling, they're like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Let me do it again. But then as soon as somebody uh, narrowly avoids a car accident, they get the same adrenaline rush and they start crying. Oh, my God, that was the worst thing ever. And really, the feeling is the same. And I know that's an extreme, and I don't think anyone should celebrate the fact that they almost got into a car accident. But the feeling is the feeling, and we identify that feeling. And, and hunger is the same exact way, and I think you nailed it. I think it's like we look at it for just what it is, which is just information. And it's information for us to do something with. And it doesn't have to be an emotional decision of like, my body says I'm hungry. Okay, cool. There's nothing in front of me except chocolate cupcakes, brownies. So I'm going to eat all of those and then wonder why I can't lose weight and I feel like crap and I'm lethargic. It's like, oh, just like you said, I'm hungry. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to drink some water. Let me see if it's dehydration or I'm going to look at what I have or I'm going to make a plan. I'm saying, you know what? In like the next hour, you know, my goal is to get a light salad in or to move a little bit or to go to the store so I can prepare something. And I feel like all of this comes down to awareness more than anything. Like you said, redefining what the meaning is that we put on it, but just being aware of those things and like constantly being in observation like, oh, I feel that way. Oh, I feel hungry. Oh, I feel tired or, oh, I feel thirsty. And like, and then you can make a very logical decision like, oh, this is going to support my goals. This is not going to support my goals. And that really is what sets us up to win in my opinion. Yeah, I like it. Josh. Now, you mentioned earlier that maybe you're thinking of doing like a bit more of an extended fast at some stage in the future. And, and you said maybe you might have a few questions about that. So, wh what are you thinking of doing? Yeah, so Katie from Wellness Mama told me to do a five-day water fast, and I was like, okay. And I was like, this is really easy with like how much I travel, except 
I'm on the road so much and every client wants to do business meetings at dinner. <laughs> it's like dinner meeting, dinner meeting, dinner meeting. And I'm like, or coffee meeting or breakfast meeting. I'm like, okay. And so what I want to do is I actually want to do a bone broth fast. So I want to do nothing but bone broth for three to five days because I really want to use all those healthy probiotics. I think my gut could use some really, really good love. I need all those nutrients and everything to kind of to give myself some love. So I know I can do a three, four or five day water fast uh, just because I've, I've fasted for long periods before, but I want to make sure that what I'm doing is like serving a purpose. And so I'm going to use it as an opportunity to like kind of supercharge my body mm. in, in that instance. So making a lot of bone broth, sipping on it, drinking it. And then, um, you know, it is all liquid, but it's so many vitamins and nutrients that I feel like are devoid in my normal everyday diet and life. And so I kind of want to do a reset where I just kind of like overload my system with all this amazing stuff and let my body figure out what it wants to do with it. Yeah, nice. I like that. And, you know, I remember talking to Nora Gagaldis when she was in Australia uh, and we were actually chatting about oh, this. Yep. And I can remember that her perspective on that was that you can really get all of the benefits from doing an extended fast, if you do, uh, I remember she spoke about, you know, if you do have broth uh, whilst you're doing the extended fast, or even if you do have just, she was talking about just having coconut oil, you know, and she was saying, you know, if you have a tablespoon of coconut oil, you know, you, you're still going to stay in ketosis, you know, you're still going to get all of those benefits, even though you are, you know, technically having some food coming in. And uh, I always do find it funny when people talk about fasts because there seem to be a lot of different definitions of fasts. And some of them seem to include eating quite a lot or drinking quite a lot of food. Like like people talk about doing like a juice fast. And I'm like, that's not a fast. Like that's just having juice. <laughs> you know, like it, it's this kind of really <laughs> weird concept to me that we would call that a fast when they're actually like eating three meals a day or drinking three meals a day, you know. Anyway, the point aside was that valid point. <laughs> point aside was that Nora did suggest that uh, that what you're thinking of doing, and and you could possibly even include a tablespoon of coconut oil if you wanted to, according to Nora, uh, that that is a really still a very very good way to do it. And to be honest, you know, I got to the end of my three day fast, and I kind of thought, you know what. I should have done five days because because it was like I was waiting for something to happen, you know, and I got into the three days and I was like, well, now I've done these three days and nothing happened and now I kind of want to know if, what happens if I go two more, but I'd already bought the steak and it was it was already calling to me. Uh, so I was going to say, it was the steak. The, <laughs> the steak was the demise. Like, that's what ended it for you. You'd already committed a couple days prior. Yeah, exactly. That was the problem. I'd, I'd already planned. The, the steak was already half eaten in my head and there was just, there was no way back from there. And do you know what? It, it wasn't even the euphoric meal that I thought it would be. You know, like I was really expecting that that steak was going to taste like the best steak I'd ever eaten in my life and that the whole meal was just going to be this kind of like almost semi-religious experience because, you know, I hadn't eaten for three days. And it was just like, it was a great steak. It was a nice meal, but it was like, it was no different to every other time I cooked the same steak and the same meal. It was, it was just like, ah, all right. Well, it's just, I've just eaten. It's just, everything is just normal. Um, it was such a, it was such an interesting experience. Yeah, just put some gas in the tank, like, here we go again. And But, uh, you know, at the same time, I kind of like that too, though, because then it's kind of keeping the keel even. It's not chasing, like, such extremes of, like, you know, this food was amazing and it's this reward. It's like, no, it's food. It's fuel. Like, yes, it tastes good and it also serves a purpose. And so I actually kind of like that it's knocked off a pedestal a little bit because I feel like as a as a world, we glamorize food and we, we kind of over-romanticize about it, which creates a lot of these obsessions and food eating disorders and things that just 
really don't support us. So that's a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and and it kind of feeds into something I often talk about when I talk about why you know I don't like hacks, you know, and and so I didn't. I felt like me going on this fast wasn't a hack, you know. A lot of people talk about hacking their body with fasting, and I guess my experience was that was it's just normal, you know, it's just a normal thing that from an evolutionary perspective we would have done from time to time is that there wasn't food, so we didn't eat, and that was okay, and so it's just. It's just another, I guess, more evidence of the fact that it's just a normal thing for our body to do and that, you know, we don't have to make such a big deal out of it. Um, it can be just something that we just, we just do. We just don't eat for a little while and that's totally fine, you know, and, uh, that was, that was kind of the, the end result I think I got from the experiment was that, you know, this idea that we need to eat all the time, this idea that we need to, um, you know, have such set meals and it's so important and that we're going to start, you know, it's, it's just, that all goes out the window and it's like, you know what? Eating when you're hungry, as you said, eat when you're hungry, don't eat when you're not hungry. That's all totally normal and it's totally okay. And that, and that was kind of my final conclusion from my three-day fast. And you'll be fine, George. You'll smash it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. But it's funny. I don't even know if I can call it a fast anymore. I think I just have to call it like the bone broth plan. The or bone broth the, diet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my that's my friend Kellyanne Petrucci's program. She actually calls it the bone broth diet. And I was like, okay, but I don't want to steal from her. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to. <laughs> oh, you just cut out a little bit, George. I didn't hear that last little sentence. Oh, I said, I said, I'm. You know what? I was like, I don't think I'm going to name it. I'm just going to be really upfront and be like, I'm just going to drink bone broth for a couple of days and see how I feel. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Perfect. I love it. We don't need to call it a diet. It doesn't need to be a program. It doesn't need to be. A, it's just is. It's just you're just eating food. Just I think being, it's you're called just living. Human, you're just being a human yeah. being. I'm going to be a human being yeah. for five days. I'll be a human being for five days. Like, no meat, no veggies. Like, I'm just going to do some broth. I'm going to get yeah. some probiotics, lots of good vitamins and minerals in there, you know, some collagen, and just call it a day. Nice. I love it. Hey, uh, that's us, George. We've, we've gone half an hour already. So, we're going to uh, we're gonna end this one on uh, on bone broth and fasting and hope everyone's got something out of it. And I'd love to hear people's feedback on Facebook on, on their experiences with fasting. And if anyone's willing to join George on his bone broth for five days, because I know a few people joined me on my three-day fast, which was kind of cool, and were posting their experiences on, on my page. Um, and so if everyone wants to join George, you know, and post your experiences, if, if you're doing a fast and, you know, obviously all the usual caveats apply that, you know, we don't know your individual health status. So we're not telling you to do a fast. You should, uh, you know, make an informed decision and consult your health practitioners and all those sort of things that, you know, you should do. But nevertheless, if it is something you do decide to do, we'd love to hear your story. Um, but otherwise, until next week, when we're going to talk about George's prison term, um, join us on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.